Hey, warriors, welcome to the Untamed Life podcast, where we are breaking free from those chains of the past and rising to lead extraordinary lives. I believe it's time for us to ditch the rules of this world that are keeping us enslaved in the grind, playing from behind, and instead opt into a conscious and strategic upgrade, one that is founded in spiritual principles that can only be accessed through the power of the heart. So if you are craving deeper, more meaningful relationships, vibrant bodies full of life force, true prosperity in all arenas, and a life of adventure, this podcast is for you. My name is Christine Jewell. I'm a high-performance coach and spiritual mentor, and together we will awaken the king or queen you are destined to be so that you can experience the fullness of life that's waiting for you. Let's dive in. All right, welcome back to the show. It's Christine Jewell. We are coming at you today uh, live after my run. So if you're watching me on video, I'm raw and real today with you. Uh, I'm very proud to say that I was able to just run my entire loop around the neighborhood, which is very hilly without stopping. And in, in my in my old life, this would have been like a little tiny warm up. And uh, it's, it's just maybe five or six K. But I have been rehabbing my knee. I've been slowly getting myself back into running. And so I, I just need a place to celebrate. So I'm just going to celebrate here. Do not despise small beginnings because man, our body just bounces back so quickly. Once we start training, I just started training running like maybe two weeks ago and I'm already back to running five to six Ks nonstop uh, and doing hills. So I just want to encourage some of you, maybe this will be a word of encouragement. This has nothing to do with the podcast today, that if you're starting something and it feels like, oh, I'm just starting at the beginning, or I used to be so much fitter, you know, it's beautiful. Our muscle memory is there. Our body remembers so many things that we want to accomplish somewhere in our lifetime. We already have got evidence of that running in our nervous system, running in our body. So don't despise small beginnings. Um, and I also have this little thing I got going on. I feel like with God that anytime I'm starting to discourage, get discouraged and I'm starting to go, oh, I'm starting over from scratch or I've got small beginning mindset going on, right? A small beginning mindset going on. I seem to find a quarter. And it's just so funny because the, every a penny represents something different. A dime represents something different in the quarter. Every time I see these quarters, it's like God is whispering in my ear, Christine, do not despise small beginning. I'm about to show you something and the gates are about to open. And so I've, I was just walking out to go for my run. And, and I saw the quarter on the ground. Cause I was like, oh, I don't want to run. And my body feels heavy today. And I was going through the whole mental garbage that we go through. And I thought, you know what? Don't despise small beginnings. I'm just going to start small, right? I'm just going to jog a little bit and see where it goes. And before I knew it, I completed the whole loop and I feel amazing. So that's that nothing to do with today's podcast, but maybe a word of encouragement for someone. What I do want to share with you today, especially as we're heading into like the, the intense part of the holiday season at the time of this release, it's going to be Christmas week. It's beautiful. We're wrapping up 2023. And really what I want to share with you today is just a reflection for my morning meditation, my morning journaling. This morning, I was doing some reading in the psychology of money on happiness and what really makes people happy and what robs people of their joy and their fulfillment. I was cross-referencing that, the psychology of money, <laughs> with some biblical context around what gives us joy, what, what gives us peace, and then truly what robs us of that. And it's just so funny how they're just like, 
you know, the similar message is repeated over and over again. Yet we all get caught up in this trap of focusing on the things below and not the things above and getting all caught up in the drama of today, the stress of today, the things that are beyond our control. And we just start plummeting into despair and hopelessness and anger and frustration and feeling stuck and locked up. And it just completely robs us of the peace and the joy that, uh, that we're seeking. So Here's the thing I want to share with you this, uh, this verse from Colossians, and then I'm going to share some cross references later, but Colossians says, listen, set your hearts on things above, right? The heavenly things where Christ is seated at the right hand of God, set our mind on things above and not earthly things. Okay. Set your mind on things above and not earthly things. And there's many different verses around this, but what I love about that is I've been meditating on it and I'm just letting meditating me just means like, you know, you're thinking about it. You're letting it kind of sit. You're letting it marinate, marinate. What does that mean? Because if you just hear it sort of like, nah, what is that? Like heavenly things, like in the futures, like sometime after I die, like, but I'm here on earth and I have to react to all the things. My in-laws are coming. My kids are doing this. My fine, you know, this is happening with the finances. Things aren't going the way I want at work with the team, whatever. They're not separate, right? They are separate worlds, but we are in this world, but we are also, heaven is also here now, right? The things above are the heavenly things. They're higher in thinking than the worldly thinking. It's a higher level of consciousness. It's the consciousness of God. It's the operating system of the heaven, right? It's the currency of heaven. Even though we're in this world, we're not called to be products of this world. And we see that when we become products of meditating and fixating on the things of the world, we get so heavy so fast. And look, I am not immune to this. I have been going through a season where I have been feeling like wave after wave after wave of heaviness. I had some physical stuff going on. I was trying to figure out like I was just sitting with it. I was like, okay, what is this? I was talking to my body, like my beautiful body is doing this stuff. What is happening with my body? Is it stored grief? Is it sadness? Like, you know, what, what is going on? So I'm looking at it from all angles. I'm looking at it from the physical, right? What gets to change physically, but also what's happening at an emotional or spiritual level, because everything is first created, <laughs> right? In the non-physical before I can become physical. And as I've been going through this season of heaviness, it's, and I've been meditating on what is all this sadness or this grief or this, you know, kind of density, really, it feels like a density about, it is all, I was journaling this morning, my morning pages, it is all around the temporal things, the temporary things, the things of this world. And I just love that when I do this morning, you know, practice of going through my morning pages, sometimes I'm free writing off and I'm just free writing to process what's coming up. I get so much clarity, you know, I get so much clarity and perspective and redirection. And so I realized that so much of the stuff that was weighing me down and we know this, I mean, we know this cognitively, we get it logically, but to really get this and begin to shift our focus is a completely different thing, right? To really get this and completely begin to adopt a different way of operating throughout the day is a different thing. You know, as I look back at the things that were really stressing me out or weighing me down or occupying my thoughts or, you know, affecting my desire for life and joy and everything, it was all temporary things. 
what the kids were doing, what the kids were doing, the kids' schedules that couldn't get moved around, trying to coordinate logistics for people, right? What was happening with certain clients? What's happening with certain projects that we're waiting, you know, financial things that we've been waiting to come through? What's going on with, you know, my extended family, my close family that's traveling here? Like, what is going on? And I was meditating and fixating on the things that are beyond my control, right? And we all do this. What things are you fixated on that are beyond even your control? We're so focused on trying to control the external factors that we we realize like, wow, just totally, I can't control him. I can't control what she says. I can't control what the kids do. I can't, I can affect, I can influence, I can plant seeds, I can share, right? But I can't really depend on or put my faith in the things of the earth. Otherwise, I will be constantly disappointed, constantly derailed, constantly dejected. And so what does it really mean to put your focus, put your faith in the things above, put your heart and your mind on the things above? I want to share some things, you know, because Number one, the things above, when we think about what are those things, they're the heavenly things, they're the things of currency, right? And if you don't know what the heavenly things are, we'll just look at what is the fruit of the spirit. The, the, the fruit is kind of, if you think of a tree, a tree is what produces, right? Fruit or a vine. So what is the pr- things that are produced in heaven, right? The, the, the evidence of the spirit, the evidence of the heavenly, the heavenly things. And so if you are not familiar with Galatians 22 and 23, you could check that out. But he talks about what is some of the, the fruits of heaven. And I want to also extend into other currency of heaven, but you know, we know that the fruit of heaven is love, love, capital L, not little L, not transactional love, not like I'll scratch your back if you scratch mine, not like I'll love you if you show up to my Christmas dinner and you look at me the right way and not the kind of love that's like, well, do you love me first? I'm staring at my spouse to see if he's saying the right thing about me or to me or doing the right thing before I give him affection. Love, capital L, unconditional, sacrificial, love for others, love as a choice, right? Love is a stance. So as you think about moving through this season, as we focus on things above and not below, who needs our love right now? Who needs love, period, right? Some of the people who need love the most are the ones that we think deserve it the least. I want to share this with you because maybe you've got some things coming up this holiday that you don't want to go to, people you don't want to be around. And I just, I, I'm not here to encourage anyone to sit there and throw yourself in situations you don't want to be in or don't want to be around. But what I do want to bring to light is, you know, are we doing that because we're so focused on what about me? What about me? What about me? Or is there an opportunity for me to bring the love, to be the love, to be the light, you know, in a dark place for someone? Um, and uh, so can I choose love in this moment? And uh, even yesterday, I was, in a, I, was in a, I was in a bookstore and it was really dark in that bookstore. Not only was it physically dark, but the books everywhere were just really oppressive. They were heavy. They were dense books. Um, 
there was just a lot of heaviness in the atmosphere. And I don't want to get into politics. I don't want to get into anything, but there was, I felt like there was so much propaganda, so much distortion. And I could, I, I was watching the people in the place. And I, in one stance, I started to notice myself get judgmental, like, ugh, get me out of here. I do not want to be in this space, right? Right away. That's where my flesh went. I was like, get me out of here. This is like low vibe and I don't need to be in this environment. And I heard this whole dialogue and I felt my body clench up on the other side. I just felt sort of the spirit nudge me and whisper, say, walk through this whole bookstore and just pray, pray over the bookstore, pray over the people. And I wasn't going and like doing this out loud. I was just walking around the store and I just started to go, okay, God, like who needs, who needs to be blessed right now? Who needs to feel some love this season? Who needs to feel some peace, right? And can I just be a conduit right now as I walk through this door and just pour some love into this atmosphere? And I walked through it. And then the people that I would have really, if I'm honest, I would have really stopped and judged. I was like, oh, you know, those people. I mean, I'm human too. Okay. I do this stuff. I was like, give them an extra dose. Give them an extra dose. And then, you know, it's time to go. And I said, babe, let's go. You know, this isn't the place for us to be shopping. We're not going to buy anything here, but we weren't there to shop. We were there to just drop some love into the place. So I guess my, my, my uh, takeaway here for you guys is, you know, as we focus on things above, I can walk into that store and be like, oh, there's nothing in here for me. This is a waste of time. Look at these people, look at this stuff, <laughs> like, right. I can go down that road. And I can start getting all worked up and I can start getting all judgmental and I can give that so much of my energy or I can just go, whatever. It was so interesting because even when we were leaving the store, it was pouring rain. It was a total downpour yesterday in North Carolina. And as we walked out, my husband had given me his jacket to put over my head because the rain was pouring and he pulled the car right up so I could get in. And some other guy just ran out of the store, cuts me off and jumps in his car before me and starts driving off. And my husband was already in the car and he was watching this whole thing. And he's, he was sort of aghast. Like, did that man just cut you off in the middle of the rain so that he didn't get wet so that he could jump in his car and run off? And I was like, it's fine. You know, like, whatever. I just was able to release that. And I'm like, I just decided to go, you know what, God, just love on that man, release him. Obviously, it's a who knows what was going on in his life. So I'm just going to release that. But it's so easy for us to get judgmental about people cutting us off or, you know, not seeing us or disrespecting us, disrespecting me. But really, is it worth it? You know, so fruits of the spirit, love. Who needs some love? Joy. The things above are joy. Like joy is a state, a deep sense of happiness and contentment. I want to say this too. Joy is a deep sense of happiness. I'm reading The Psychology of Money. By the way, it's a great little read. And um, there's a chapter on freedom. And he talks about happiness. And anyways, he's talking in this uh, little section here about, um, a, I hope I'm saying this right, a gerontologist, Carl Pilmar interviewed a thousand elderly Americans looking for the most important lessons they learned from decades of life experience. Okay. This is from his book, 30 lessons for living. So this man interviews a thousand elderly people and here's what he writes. Not a single person out of a thousand said that in order to be happier, to have more joy, you should try to work as hard as you can to make more money, to buy more things that you want. 
Not a single one. Not a single person in a thousand said it was important to be at least as wealthy as the people around you. And if you have more than they do, it's a real success. Think about the earthly things, right? When we focus on the earthly things is what do they have? What do other people have? The earthly things are jealousy, envy, feeling an insignificant inferiority complex. Because why? Because we're comparing ourselves. Maybe that person has a better relationship. Maybe that person has a, a better car, a better house, you know, better, whatever that means, right? No one, not a single person said you should choose your work based on your desired future earning power. What did they value were things like quality friendship, being part of something greater than themselves, spending quality unstructured time with their children, memories, love, connection, joy. A thousand people, not a single one was, none of those things were focused on the earthly things. It's not interesting, right? And it's like, we get this, we get this cognitively, we get this logically, but we don't really get it in our body because our nervous system is always hijacked still, right? By everything that's going on around. And we need to constantly, consistently be meditating and pulling ourselves back to grounding ourselves and anchoring ourselves in the truth that is focused on the eternal things. Can I focus on joy now? What brings me joy? I was, I was speaking to a client the other day and he was, he's going through a squeeze. You know, he's also going through a squeeze. And it was interesting because when he came to me, he said, Christine, I don't know what makes me happy. This was the big problem. And I hear this a lot. I don't know what brings me joy. I know it's not this, this, and this. And usually it's around the work and different things. And as going through a squeeze, you know, I said to him, you know, right now you could choose joy. Right now in this moment, can you choose one thing? What is one thing that brings you joy? Can you connect to that? Is it a song? Is it going for a walk with your child? Is it just meditating on something? Can you choose joy and can you bring some joy into the atmosphere? Can you find contentment? You know, joy is a sense of happiness and contentment, regardless of what's happening around you. Viktor Frankl and Man's Search for Meaning talks about extensively in that book. That is such a beautiful book. And by the way, if you've not seen the movie, Life is Beautiful, which is Italian, it's in Italian and then it's got the English captions. I speak Italian, so it's very extra dear to my heart. This is his entire thing is the ones that were in the concentration camps. Victor Frankl talks about this. He was observing the men and the women in the concentration camps and the ones who made it, the ones who made it out were those who had faith and chose, right, every day, chose joy, chose peace, chose to hope in the future things without being attached to who was gonna save them, when they were gonna save, when they were gonna get out. The people who attached themselves to being saved at a certain time by certain people when that date came and that date went and they didn't come through, then they lost hope. They put their faith, their hope in the, the, the immediate things rather than the long-term saying, you know, one day, one day, I don't know when, but I know that I know and I can keep going through today. So love, joy are the things above, the things above our peace. Again, peace is a sense of inner tranquility, internal harmony and uh, a sense of well-being. And again, we can have peace in the midst of storms. We can choose peace in the midst of chaotic situations. You know, it's like we can be the quiet in the storm. And uh, it's just, it's a sense, it's a state. All of these things, again, why they're heavenly things is that they're states of being, right? So peace, 
mental peace. I choose peace. That's why we're told over and over again, protect our peace, choose peace, create peace, work together for the unity of peace instead of strife. Strife is like fighting and division and dissension and people are fighting. And I just, I want to drop this in here because I know we're going through this season where we can get so hijacked and we can lose our joy because somebody grumpy and AKA what we would call toxic walks in the room. And all of a sudden we allow that person to be the thermometer or the thermostat for everyone in the room, instead of us choosing to hold the state of peace, hold the state of joy, hold the state of love. I don't love you because you deserve love. I love because that's what love does, right? I don't, bring joy because you are the one who's making me happy. I bring joy because I am a conduit of joy. I am a vessel of things above. So as you think about this, start really asking yourself, am I still dependent putting my faith in the things that are seen or am I putting my faith in the unseen? Cause you can't, I mean, you could see joy on someone's face. You could see smiling, you know, you could, you have a physical manifestation of these things, but really they're intangibles, right? They're eternal things. Kindness, kindness is a level of compassion and benevolence towards others. Sometimes we get so stuck in these loops of feeling what everyone else feels and we can get really weighed down. And I've, I've said this many times on the podcast, but those of you who say, well, I'm highly sensitive, I'm empathetic, I just take everybody's stuff on, that will immobilize you from actually moving forward and actually taking action from a place of compassion and peace, you'll be taking reactive action, fretting, anxious, that you're trying to save everyone. Kindness just says, you know what? I wanna do something loving for you just because, and then you release it. You're not because you're carrying the weight of the world on your shoulders. What other, uh, what other heavenly currency is there, right? The things above, if we're focused, what can I do that is kind? Can I extend a kind word? Can I extend a kind gesture? Maybe it's just touching somebody on the back. Can I, can I just do one act of kindness, right? Random acts of kindness. Like they're just like deposits. They're like heavenly deposits, right? What about patience? We know that, right? Patience is a fruit of the spirit. Patience is a heavenly language. It's a heavenly currency. So do what, can I be patient with someone who is moving a little slower? You know, I've, I've tested with this with my mama. I love my mama. She's so amazing. We li she lives with us. She has a different pace than I do, you know, and sometimes I find myself, woo, you know, like, mom, speed up, speed up. But how, like, am I going to really get triggered in the physical because she's not moving as fast? She has a different way to move. You know, her way is unique to her and she makes little love deposits in her own, her own pacing. So where can we practice a little bit more patience with our spouse, with our in-laws, with our own parents, with our children this season? Maybe we need to practice some patience with ourselves. I know that I am super guilty so often of being really hard on myself. And in fact, Mark and I had this conversation yesterday. We were having some lunch and we both realized like we had been cracking the whip pretty hard on ourselves. And you know what happens when you start cracking the whip hard on yourself, you start being hard on everybody else. So we were like, okay, we have got to release the whip. I don't know what happened. We started getting heavy. We started cracking the whip on ourselves. I know exactly what happened. We started to focus on earthly things, temporal things that weren't happening fast enough, right? Whatever that is, projects not happening fast enough, money not coming in fast enough, people not responding to your emails or your texts fast enough, 
your kids not doing something the way you want them to, your mom not moving fast enough, you having to slow down to explain or train someone on something, pay attention. Because when we do that and we're getting all agitated, we are focusing on the earthly things. So we're just gonna go through a couple more. Goodness, right? What is good? What is moral? What is in alignment with the values, right? Are we focusing on moving from a place of being in integrity and in alignment and in the right place with our values? Or again, are we fixated on the earthly things, the superficial, the temporal things, like in this book, The Psychology of Money, what the neighbors have, what so-and-so has, the job I didn't get, the job I do want, the project we didn't, the client that didn't close, whatever. Or are we focused on, and then we compromise. Sometimes we compromise our values, right? Because we're still trying to chase those things. What does it look like when we're living truly in alignment with our values? That is another um Another indication of happiness is alignment. When people are in integrity, they're living a life that is a yes to the things they value. There's integrity. There's a sense of wholeness. When people are living out of integrity with their values, there's an internal turmoil, an internal civil war that ensues. So when we are focused on the things of the earth, the temporary things, and we start reacting and we start compromising our values and we start compromising our peace and we start compromising our joy, we start feeling the internal turmoil. So where do we get to shift? What gets to be put back in order? Three more I want to go through faithfulness. Faith is a currency of heaven. Faith means that we're putting our hope in the things that we cannot see with the physical eyes, right? If, if we're on this earth and we're like, I, I got to see it to believe it. I, gotta, I better see it to believe it. That's obviously not faith. I love this uh, Hebrews eleven thirteen, And I personally, guys, I love the amplified version because it just gives an expanded uh, definition of a lot of the words. The amplified version says, by faith, right, we understand that the worlds, the universe, the ages were formed and created by the word of God so that what is seen was not made of things which are visible. What is seen was not made of things that are visible. By faith, we understand that the entire universe is formed at God's command by the spoken words, not from the things that are seen. So what is faith? Faith is this inherent, it's not just hope, like, oh, I hope, I hope. Faith is a knowing. It's an inherent internal trust and an enduring confidence. If you say, I have faith in that, it's like, it's done. Faith is like, it is done, it is done, it is done. I don't care when, I don't care how, I release the attachment to it. I just know that I know. So if we say, I have faith that this is getting handled, I have faith that this is going to come to pass, that he is a faithful God, whatever you, you know, then you've got to release that and you stay in that confidence and you stay in, you're choosing to trust. We don't say, oh, I have faith, but I'm not going to trust you. You don't tell your spouse, I have faith and then I don't, but I'm not going to trust you and I'm going to, you know, not have confidence that you're going to come through. When we put our faith and our confidence and our trust in God, in the, in the things above, right? That is such a powerful place, right? Now we can see this power and this beauty start to unfold. And here's the thing, when I was looking at through my journal and I was, you know, sometimes we need those reminders. So I've started creating a list of all the things that were once a dream, once an idea, 
a divinely inspired idea, a desire on my heart, a dream that have already manifested. They've all, meaning they've already taken place. We've already accomplished that goal. You know, we've already opened that business. We've built out those facilities. We've gone to the world championships. We have the amazing marriage. We've got the beautiful house. Like we've, we're living in the exact location that we want. We're doing the most amazing work. Like there's boom, boom, boom. There's just one after another, after another evidence of God being faithful, of, of the follow through that these things that were a dream have now become a reality. And it is just giving me even more faith. It solidifies my faith in stretching my vision again, because I know that all things come to pass. Eventually I have to release the attachment to the timeline. So faithfulness, this loyalty, this enduring trustability, like this enduring trustworthiness and trusting and this confidence that's unshakable. That is heavenly currency that when I focus on that and I just keep doing my projects today, you know, I may not see the results this moment, but I know that I know, do not despise those small beginnings, right? They start to multiply over time. And before I know it, boom, these things manifest. And that is such a beautiful thing. But when we're not, when we're focused on the temporal things, like I didn't get the results, we didn't close the deal. The sales aren't coming fast enough. Not enough people showed up to that event. We start to lose hope. We start to lose courage. Discourage means you lose courage, you lose confidence. What happens when you lose courage? You lose confidence, you lose heart. So I'm not focused on the things above, I'm focused on the things below. Faithfulness, fruit of the spirit, heavenly currency, gentleness. How about this one? Gentleness, gentleness in words. You know, the book of Proverbs says harsh words create wrath, they create destruction. We know this, we speak, we can speak some of the most vile stuff out of our mouth. But gentleness, gentle words, a kind, gentle word can really move things so much more. You know, you hear this thing, we get more bees with honey. And you could speak the truth into people. You could speak the truth and pierce people with the truth and also do it from a place of humility. You know, gentleness is like a sense of humility that says, you know, I don't need to overpower you. I don't need to force everything. And gentleness is, can also be the way that we move through a situation, a difficult season. We guide someone. It can also be the way that you are with your body, with your family. Sometimes we're in this force energy. It's like, hurry up, let's go, let's get things done. And we're like forcing and we're, we're not gentle. We're not humble. We're just towering and bellowing over, billowing, bellowing, <laughs> billowing over everyone. We're like exerting all this authority over everyone, but we're exerting it. We're exerting, we're striving, we're demanding it instead of leading from a place of humility. So humility is a sign of nobility and that gentleness is a fruit of the spirit. And it, it just, again, a little deviation. I have all these little stories that pop up, but yesterday I was working, I told you I'm going through some things. My body has been kind of acting up and speaking to me and saying, Christine, slow down, pay attention. And so I know I've learned my lesson. So I'm sitting there and I'm doing some work yesterday on my shoulder and my neck <laughs> and my back. And as I was working through this, I noticed that I found myself like trying to kind of force the moves a little bit. I'm like, oh, whatever it is, get it out of there. Right. And then I thought, no, slow down, be gentle. If you force things, you break things. And you sometimes the less is actually more. In, in so much of the world thing, it's like more, 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 faster, 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 force it, push it down, grind it out. But the reality is, even as I was working through the body, when I backed off a little bit, 
when I became more gentle with my body, I gave my body time to respond, time to feel safe. My, I started to exhale. I started to have some deep breaths. Instead of clenching, my muscles started to relax and things began to boom, unlock and open. Sometimes we're trying to do body work, right? We might be going through a workout. We might be through stretching ourselves and we're trying to force it. And instead of actually opening up, it's creating more contraction. We do this with our teams, right? We're trying to get people to go and we're like forcing them at a, to move at a, at a pace that is contracting, that's creating more pressure rather than what is the atmosphere that allows more work to get done more effortlessly, right? Sometimes less is more, less things pile on people's plates, less demands, less, but, but more of the right things, more of the right structures, eliminating non-essentials, eliminating things that create complexity, eliminating things that just weigh us down and slow us down and lightening the loads. So I wanted to, I kind of deviated, but I'm going to circle back. The last one here is self-control. When we look at what are the things above, love, right? Patient, kind, gentle, self-control, fruits of the spirit, discipline. What is self-control? It means, hello, I can self-govern myself, okay? I don't need all these laws and rules and regulations to make sure that I'm not messing up because I don't have any heart. I don't have my heart's all postured in the wrong direction. It's I can I can govern myself. I can practice self-discipline over my own impulsive desires. I, if, if I'm just going to be ruled by my impulsive desires, like I'm going to eat everything. I'm going to drink everything. You know, you're just going to react to everyone. The ability to pause, to become self-aware, to become consciously choosing the right way forward versus getting hijacked and just swayed. That is self-control. I can manage the self, the inner self, right? The spirit takes over, right? And becomes stronger, not stronger, but it, it takes authority over the ego instead of the ego running the show or the flesh running the show. The flesh meaning that superficial part of us that's like, I want it, I want it now. I want the candy now. I want the drink now. I want the food now. I want my way now, right? So we can practice these things. So I'm gonna go through them again. The fruits of the spirit. These are the things from above. Love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, goodness, integrity, moral excellence, right? Faithfulness, confidence and trust in the unseen, gentleness, humility, right? Self-control. These are the qualities that result to a life that is full and rich. And these are the things that money cannot buy. Nothing anyone does can make you that, right? And none of these things are dependent on the external. They are eternal, not temporal. So I just want to invite you today to consider what are the things that I've been fixated on? What are the things that I'm fixating on right now as I go into the season? Because a lot of our suffering comes by being fixated on the earthly things, the external things that we cannot control, right? There's so many things. You can't control what your spouse says about you. You can't control what your mom or dad, you know, your parents, even if they're adult parents, you can't control their process of aging. You can't control financial, uh, what's happening in the outside markets. You can plan, you can do your best, but at some point we've got to release, right? Financial instability job shifting, environment shifting, you know, concerning yourself with the stability of the employment or the people, right? Health issues. We can do much to get our bodies in order, but at the end of the day, I do my part and then I have to trust. I have to put faith, right? That 
that my body is this beautiful self-healing machine. And as I keep doing the things, I'm just going to continue to love on my body. I'm going to continue to be patient with my body. I'm going to continue to be kind to my body, right? I'm going to continue to infuse my body with lightness, joy, laughter, dance, right? I was running around the block like that. I was pouring in the sunlight, oxygen, instead of getting denser and heavier, right? But you, there's certain things that you can control and there's things you can't control. You can't control your relationships, right? You can do your part. You can choose how you show up. You can choose the words that you speak into them. You can choose what you say yes and no to. But when these things start taking over, you pay attention to what you're depending on. So all of these things, material possessions, right? Excessive focus on acquiring things by a certain timeline, a certain amount. Again, psychology of money in that book, he says, those are not the things. When people are interviewed at the end of their life, they're not the things that say made them the happiest, right? Comparison, social status, performance pressure, fixating on the future. What's going to happen with the government? Who's going to win the election? What's going to happen with the war? Technology, overload, right? Constantly being connected to the noise of the world. These are all the earthly things, all the noise, all the pressure to stay on top of the news, all the pressure to stay. There's so much information. If you were plugged in 24 seven and you never unplugged again, there's no way you could hold it on. In fact, the human brain was not made to just hold, 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 hold information. It was made to create right? To be in creation mode, to have ideas, to flesh them out, to be in the play and the creation, not to be a supercomputer of just holding, holding and hoarding information. We're like a pass-through. We have access to information, right? We can access thing in the collective. We can always come and pull, but not to try to pull it all in. So just as we wrap today, I, I want to invite you to consider as you head into this holiday season and you start to wrap up the year and you start looking ahead, what will you focus on? What will you focus your thoughts on? What will you focus your heart on? What will you focus your actions towards? Because one way is truly the path that is life-giving, that amplifies us, that multiplies us, that makes us lighter, that gives freedom and joy and fulfillment. And the other one is heavy. It's, it's a heavy path. So I want to finish where I started, right? But really, again, listen, set your hearts and mind on things above and not on things of this world, because we're only in this world for but a moment. You are an eternal being. You are a spiritual being. You're having a human experience. You're in this world, but you're not of this world. So fixate on the things from your true home, which is the heavenly home right? And be a vessel to bring those things onto this earth right here, right now. You guys, I want to thank you for joining me today. I hope today left a word of inspiration, uh, motivation, just lightened for some of you the load that you've been carrying. I'd love to hear from you. Make sure that you leave a five-star review on uh iTunes or Spotify or whatever you're tuning into and share this with a friend. As always, this is how we grow this message. Who needs to hear this message today? Pass this message on to them. Until next time, I wish you a very happy holiday season if you're still listening to this around the holidays. Otherwise, have a beautiful day, a beautiful week ahead, and we will see you in the next episode. Bye for now. Thanks again for joining me in today's episode. It is my intention to bring you valuable, heart-shifting content every time that will upgrade your life. If you're a new listener, make sure you follow the podcast so you can stay up to date as future episodes roll out. And I invite you to head on over and join my free community, Warriors of the Heart on Facebook. 
In there, you'll find bonus trainings, a game-changing assessment tool, and exclusive member-only offers. Until next time, warriors, here's to loving fiercely and leading courageously in the untamed life, the only life worth living.